0: Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by CapShow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use CapShow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast that discusses faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry. And in just a moment, Brandon is going to join me as we have a conversation with military veteran, podcaster, and blogger, plus an okay guy, Ben Colloy. Now, I met Ben at Podcast Movement just recently, and in getting to know him, I've discovered that he has a great passion for helping dads come home. Now, that's in reference to military dads coming home and being plugged in with their families, but it turns out as he shares the importance of dads coming home and being home, it was a message that resonated well with men around the country. So we're going to get to know Ben's story, the importance of men having a tribe around them, and what you can gain from having a network of other dads pouring into you. So sit back and relax Unless you're driving or you're operating heavy machinery or doing some chores, whatever it is, keep us playing. Give us a listen. Here we go. All right, Brandon. As always, walking away from the microphone as soon as we start recording. How are you doing? I'm good. All Just
1: right. got here. I was outside. You, you weren't. You were. You were right there the whole. I was off camera, yeah. and this is an audio-only podcast, so they don't know. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Good point. So anyway,
0: that's not the important thing uh, we have calling in from Wisconsin. Uh, somebody I'd met through podcast movement months and months and months ago. And then I, you know, basically accosted him at podcast movement, the conference in Orlando, which probably threw him off like, Whoa, who the heck are you? And I'm like, <laughs> we're Facebook yeah. friends. Uh, and then uh, we finally got him on the show because, you know, um, we've been busy and he's been busy and, you know, he's been busy and, uh, yeah, we just, lined it up. We were able to pull this together and get him on the show. And uh, so this is Ben Colloy. Uh, we said in the introduction that he is the, the blogger from Military Veteran Dad, also a podcaster for um, Military Veteran Dad. Ben, how are you doing?
2: Never been better. And I always like to think that the way that things unfold is always how they were supposed to unfold. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't that we were busy. It was this was when it was supposed to happen. Yes. And so what we now it's our purpose to help make sure we figure out why this was the time that we needed to make this happen. But right. I'm super excited to be here, you guys. I appreciate the opportunity to come on. And I love always sharing my story and helping another person out there rise up from the pit that I was in five years ago when I was struggling to be a dad and just struggling to be an adult, let's be honest. And uh, so <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to come on.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. We just had an episode where we were talking about uh, fatherhood and a community of fatherhood with Christopher Lewis. From fatheringtogether.org. I don't know if you've met him yet. Uh, I did. I
2: met him at the Dad 2.0 conference where I oh. was speaking at in February as well, right before the world went crazy.
0: Man, <laughs>
1: cool. that was a world? long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, pre COVID <laughs> was very much a long time ago.
2: Even PodFest uh, 2020, that was like right before the world went crazy. That seems oh, like forever man. ago. Yep.
0: I still didn't get to go to that one. And then, oh, geez, yeah. It's just, yeah, just a whole different world, you know, pre coronavirus, pre shelter in place. And then now the
2: Podfest was the, cool because we had military creator con there. So it was even an oh. extra bonus that there was an entire day devoted to military creators.
1: So one thing that we try to do when we have somebody on the show is we try to Google them and find out a little bit more about them. And almost always they have five or six different uh, versions of the same name that fit different people. And they've done some crazy stuff. You literally are the only one on Google anywhere. I've been
2: I, my google presence has been pretty strong for a while and there aren't <laughs> many ben cloys that come up there are a few that i found on facebook oh, but they're very rare and they aren't doing anything nearly as me so if they do and i own my my domain name so if they do try to do anything they've got to work an uphill battle and they're always going to be compared to this other guy in the military
1: that's
0: pretty funny i never had a google ben because we're connected through facebook so i'm like yep. i just went to your facebook page and i was like well i know his website so i just went there and you know but we have one guy I'm Googling him just to see.
1: I got to see this for myself. It it doesn't exist. It's all him. We had this one guy on, I Googled him. And uh, the first thing that came up was this former uh, Supreme court justice in Canada, like 75 years ago or something. And the guy had been dead for like many, many decades. And I said, "It, it, I didn't know about your work on the Supreme Court in Canada. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it may be somebody else with the same name. So ever since, I've just always Googled, I guess, just to see what random thing popped up. But you're on like the first three pages. So you're, you've done a really good job. I've got a Googling lot of stuff that. out there.
2: Between the <laughs> podcast episodes I've been on, between all the blog posts that I've posted, yeah. The well, LinkedIn I'm, content, there's a lot of public stuff from LinkedIn that comes up where I'm coming yeah. up in the feed as well.
1: So tell us a little bit about what started this uh militaryveterandad.com like what made you want to start a presence like that and kind of get your voice out there.
2: Well, I'm going to rewind back and then fast forward as fast as they can go possible. So I joined the Marine Corps in 2003 but for me, joining the Marine Corps would have been the least likely thing that anybody thought Ben Colloy would have done. I couldn't run. I couldn't do a pull-up. I wasn't athletic. I wasn't a sports enthusiast. I was a farmer, and I loved FFA. Like, those were the two things that I did it back then. But, and I wanted to go in the Air Force because I wanted computers. So I was like, I want computers. The Air Force was the easiest way to get it. I wasn't going for military service in the traditional sense. I just really wanted the free education on how to work with computers. And so the Marine Air Force recruiter came out. We talked to him a little bit. And I was ready to go raise my right hand for the Air Force. But the day that changed my life was a church picnic that year in 2002, where the Marine recruiter, I'm not sure who invited him, but someone invited him to bring a bouncy house to the church picnic. Oh, wow. (laughs) And so my mom, who's probably regretted this decision ever since, went up and talked to him first, because I'm too scared. I'm not going to talk to a Marine, because I thought they were just a bunch of grunts and infantry only that shot stuff up. And I'm like, I don't want that. I crossed it off right away. It's too scary. So she goes to talk to him first. I go up to talk to him. And next and find out, oh, the Marine Corps has all the other jobs. Everybody else has Talk to him in the guidance counselor's office. Two weeks later, I'm raised my right hand for the Marine Corps, almost as this kind of like dare to do something difficult that I've never done in my life. I grew up on a farm. So, I mean, I knew what hard work was, but I would really say that I never had a resilient mindset or a tough life where I had to really dig deep. And so that's what the Marine Corps did for me. So I served four years in the Marine Corps. Most of my time was in Okinawa, Japan, the three years over there. But I got out with this weird feeling that like the Marine Corps was going to hold me back. I wasn't good at shooting. I didn't have a good PFT. And those were two things that really helped you speed up your promotion and just have a more better paying job. So I got out with that simple idea. But I got lost using the TAPS code. And what I mean by TAPS code is this program that they give you that just get a job, get a suit, get that interview, start a family, get your debt under control, or get a car payment that you don't want to necessarily have but you think you need. And I did that for 10 years, but I felt so lost. I dropped out of the school of, or the College of Engineering because it just wasn't working. I had a daughter at the time, just feeling overwhelmed. My grass dried up when I dropped out. And that was like 2014. And in 2014, I also went to a simple seminar for me, for becoming a supervisor at work. And that seminar was about leadership mostly. And I knew all the answers. I was raising my, my hand every 10 minutes when he asked a question and I was like, I know all these answers. I just forgot them. The the civilian world has kind of suppressed it because oftentimes they barely trust you to run the copier, let alone lead someone. So you lose a lot of that core feeling you have from the Marine Corps. And so I really got hooked on self-growth. I got hooked on Zig Ziglar and just started learning a lot about stuff, but didn't do anything with it. Fast forward a little bit further. Then I started doing something with it. I launched a website. I started blogging. Called The True Purpose for Life, didn't really know what it was, didn't have a true feeling. It was just kind of putting reps in in those ideas and writing, connecting. Can fast forward a little bit further, went to Military Amster Conference in 2018 with this idea that was like, I'm gonna start a podcast for dads and maybe call it veteran dad podcast or something like that. It was half baked. I didn't fully believe it myself. But a mom at that conference, our military spouse, I told her my story, and she started crying. Wow. And in that moment when she started crying, it was because I talked about myself and not being home and how a lot of dads come home physically, but we don't come home mentally and emotionally from war or even not war. You don't have to go to war to not come home mentally. And I realized when I made her cry because her husband came home from war but never actually came home mentally, that my voice, my story did that. And so I needed to do this. I felt validated. And from that moment, that was September 2018. I spent the next three months getting the podcast ready, launched on January 1st and just went with it because it felt so right. I didn't know what it was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to make money. I just knew that my voice, my story did this, and I know it, it felt right in my bones that I needed to keep going. Worked it last year. Pretty. I had a job all of last year, did most of the interviews, kind of just kept it going, doing the motions of it, but not nearly focused on growth. And Then it all changed this year in 2020, when on January 27th, I went into work one day as a normal day. And by nine o'clock, I found out my position at work was being eliminated in a reorganization of the company. And after Mm -hmm. eight years at that company, everything was gone. But at the same time, that podcast saved my life because I had something higher than myself to look forward to every day, something to wake up to and keep doing. And then Valentine's Day was my last day in the office. And then after that, I doubled down and I started focusing on becoming a professional speaker And that's really where I wanted to take my life is be a person on stage, helping people feel different things that are not feeling, whether it be dads or people, it doesn't really matter. There's so many emotions that we're not feeling these days. And that's really my thing. I want to be a stay-at-home dad. So COVID gave me some of the best gifts of kids being home, my family being home, me being the guy that takes care of it, cleaning and cooking and different stuff like that. Loved all of that part of the last few months. Did a health challenge that I was telling you guys about. I've lost 25 pounds through COVID. So like as long as I don't die from COVID, COVID will have saved my life. And now fast like, it's, we're getting ready to go back to school and different things. And I'm still focused on that stay at home dad life, because that is really where my heart is. My kids are eight, five and three or four. And I just want to be dad right now. And this is a season of life. Everybody wants back. And I can do a lot of different things in later seasons when my kids don't want to hang out with me. But right now is a season everybody wants back and I just want to be dad.
1: I love that because we hear so many horror stories of of the virus and stay at home orders and all this kind of stuff, but there's going to be some great stories that come out of this too. There's going to be some innovation, some life change, you know, and that kind of thing. And your kids are going to be able to look back and say, well, yeah, that was bad for a lot of other reasons. But for us personally, as a family, it was strengthening and it, It's really the story of our podcast. How do we get out of that rut of normal life, going to work and wearing a suit or whatever it is? Sometimes we voluntarily get out and sometimes we're forced out like, hey, you don't work here anymore. Go find something else to do. You could have just been bitter about it, but you said, wait a minute, I can pour all of that energy into something good. My family that will last, you know, a legacy forever if I do it right. And, and that's what's been really cool about your story over the last few months. But you've also used that to try to change other people's story by speaking and just helping other people uh, through your podcast and through your blog. Tell us a little bit about kind of the impact you're seeing there through this virus, through other people.
2: So one of the things that I, you don't really realize that when you start changing your life, but as you start sharing it, you almost automatically provide a mirror for a different potential that someone's not able to see. And there's a couple different deep thoughts between, within that, that like early when I was 30, my first midlife crisis was I was going to die alone. Like I truly felt like I was going to reach the end of my life and no one was going to care that Ben Coloit lived on this earth. My kids will probably care, but nobody else, like my impact would just be a speck and that was really my darkest fear at that point and it really was friendships that I, I started pursuing to get out of that rut and that those friendships gave me a beautiful gift of mirroring back value that i couldn't see they gave me the the value that understanding that when i speak and tell a story it's usually different in a way that people feel something that they haven't felt in a long time that somehow i have the ability to put words and emotions together in ways that people aren't doing in their head and they'll feel something very deeply i've told my story about friends and I've had a dad come up to me and start crying immediately before he even say hello, because my story hit a core in his mind that he wasn't actually even acknowledging. So those were the beauty parts that I got reflected back. And so now as I do it for others, and I tell my story, or I share a piece of wisdom on the podcast, like my ultimate objective is just to give dads those few emotional connections that they need to the stories that they're not telling themselves, or even just be a mere back of like, if Ben Coley can do it, like he can help lift the up for everybody else and provide a path. Like so often in life like especially the veterans that reach the point where they feel like there's no other way to get out other than killing themselves, all you need to do is add a few seconds of pause between that thought and taking action and provide either a friend or a path or even just a conversation to get to somewhere else where they want to go. And I on the podcast I often tell the guests like our main objective is for you to share something vulnerable that cancels out the echo that someone's hearing in their head that says they're the only one having this problem. And that's ultimately what the work that I feel like I do by sharing my life, my story, my journey is I just provide that outlet for someone to see something other possible than the way that they're perceiving their life and how they assume that they can wake up every day and say, this is my life. Because there are so many, especially in 2020, so much of society is wired into, especially even in fatherhood, is you are a provider, you go to work, you do your job. And these are the things that should create the Mary Poppins, or not the Mary Poppins, but like Believe It to Beaver mindset, that everything's perfect in your life and everything is hunky-dory and it's just perfect. But that's not the feeling that most men have when they come home from work. Yeah. And it's, it's because we've just been sold this lie that going to work and being a provider is what men are supposed to do. But if you unravel that way back, even before the Industrial Revolution, men did many more things in life than just go off into the factories and yeah. come home and bring home the money. And it's that part That even just recently, I went on into the woods with a friend from uh, Indiana, and it was just me and his son out in the woods for six days. We were going through Wisconsin up uh, Lake Superior, and we were going through a book called "Becoming a King" by Morgan Snyder. And essentially, it's a book about how to journey along the relationship with God and getting in touch with your masculine soul. And I feel like I'm just getting started on this idea of tapping into my masculine soul, and I've been sharing it and sharing my journey and the last six months, they've also been something that I've been talking more about that I went on a journey in like December, I hit me that like, I can't fully like move forward until I can love the person looking back in the mirror. And because I wasn't able to love the person in the mirror, cause I was overweight and I just didn't see confidence. Everything else was weighted down in a very negative mindset. So a lot of what I've been able to do, my mindset for losing my job, like it's crazy. If I were to like tell you the whole, like an, one theme of the whole last six months in December, I had this idea: go through and focus on how can I love myself more in the mirror, which meant my weight. That if, to unconditionally love others, I needed to be able to unconditionally love myself, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I picked the twenty twenty word, a believe, and that was well before I lost my job. It was believe that Ben Cloy has had everything that he's needed in his life to do all the things that he's wanted. It's not one more book. It's not one more podcast. I just needed to believe when I looked in the mirror that it was there the entire time. And then on January 27th, losing my job, it's all about believing again that I can do it. I can do it without this steady job. And the world hasn't ended six months later for me. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've been able to keep it going. So like, believe is something that's been so strong for me this year and how I've been able to provide that same message to other dads.
1: One of the things you talk about on your website is friendships. That's a really big thing for you. and Huge thing uh, for me. We talked about, well, we talk about this all the time, how you need guys around you, and, and girls are the same way, but specifically guys that you can be honest with, you can be vulnerable with, and you can depend on. And uh, one of the things we've talked about is you need to be able to come in here, quit, leave your family, leave the planet, give up on everything. But as soon as we leave here, you're not going to do any of those things. But in here, you need to be able to say anything you want to, and then we'll go out and face the world together. So talk a little bit about how you tell guys they need those good friendships because you're going to lose your job. You're going to have family issues, financial issues. How do you build those relationships so you got guys in your life to help you?
0: Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com dot com slash cap show. That's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself.
2: Now, back to the show. It's kind of interesting because I've never would have, I've never I don't see many businesses advertising friendships as the way to solve all your problems. Yeah. I see it's called it's called networking. It's dressed up as like professional development and maybe knowing more people or working your network. But no one really talks about friendships. But honestly, when I look back, because one thing I didn't mention is the perfect listener for my podcast is myself. I try to always ask, what did Ben Kulloy need when he was 30 and what would have shortcutted that thing? And one of my things I lead with is I always try to be the friend that I wish I had in my life at 30. So when a dad comes in my life, I'm always trying to, with that mindset of what did I really need at 30 and what kind of friend would have really changed that for me. And so when I look back, I was like, friendships was the one thing that catalyst everything. And there's a few th- calloisms, I call them, like my versions of how I put things together. And one of them is you need those friendships because the more friendships, if you have, you think of a friendship as an actual ship, the more friendships you have on your ocean of life, the more opportunity that will float ashore. And the more people that know you, the more people that are connected to what you're doing, the more people that understand and want you to be successful, the more people that are out there looking for opportunities and it's not on you. And the other reason that friendships are important is that if you, like in my case, when I lost my job, I almost instinctively started talking to people because I needed to get outside my head. My head was not going to be a positive place for me to hang out. So I immediately just started filling the day with as many people that were willing to have a conversation. I did people that had jobs, I did entrepreneurs, and that helped me get clear. But the one part that kind of led up to that is I had to create those friends to be able to lean into it. But the more people that you talk to daily, it's directly proportional to the amount of opportunity you feel in your life. So if you're continuing to talk to strangers every single day, and COVID's a little bit difficult, but the more people you talk to daily that are strangers, that's directly proportional to the amount of opportunity that you're going to have in your life. And I wish someone would have told me that when I was 30. I wish someone would have told me that when I got out of the Marine Corps because it taps, they don't teach you that your network is going to be directly proportional to the amount of opportunity and choices you have in your life. But the more people that know you and the more people you know That is how you're going to transform your life. And you need people. You need friends. And friends is a very good place to practice and get good at and also understand what makes you you to move into, say, a professional space where you're networking with people that you're trying to do business deals with or try to maybe get a job with. I understand my value as a person because I brought friends in my life that reflected back. And that is so important because they become the mirror to all that hidden value that you can't see. There were so much things that I didn't see for myself a interesting story that doesn't expect to come from a Marine. But I went to a dad summit in St. Louis and there was like 65 dads that I met on the internet that I've been doing life with maybe for like a year, but met him in person, never met him in person before. It's kind of like out of body. What are they going to think is the online person, match the in-person. I'm super nervous. I go in there handshaking, thinking like that's the safe way. I quickly get upgraded. We start hugging, which I kind of expected. So I wasn't completely (laughs) unaware of it, but I'm not a hunger. Like I never been a hugger my entire life. Family doesn't hug. It's always been kind of weird. By the end of that two days conference that we had, I was labeled as a guy that gave good hugs. Oh, wow. (laughs) And so now it's something I just own. And everybody, like I I let people down if I don't give them a good hug. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like on the other side of COVID. But before that, like people would be disappointed if they knew I gave good hugs and I didn't and they didn't get one. Yeah. That never would have came to me unless I fully embraced my vulnerable self and just kind of let that be reflected back. And now it's something I own. And now it's kind of an oxymoron than a Marine that gives good hugs. But it's something that makes me me. That came because I allowed friendships to come into my life. And the part that you mentioned is also super important to realize that men for millennia survived in tribes. Okay. We had men ahead of us. We had men behind us. We were always helping someone else behind us. And we were always looking to the wisdom ahead of us. To how to get through life. We were never designed as men or women to do life independently and, to, and by ourselves. It's the last 200 years that we thought we could do it alone. And I would say we are seeing that play out every single day where you see fathers taking their own life, fathers becoming disconnected, fathers getting divorced and being removed from their family. These are not how we were supposed to be living life and doing it. And it all comes, we need to be able to do it together. There's a good analogy that I use in the Marine Corps that the Marine Corps in many cases abuse your back was the very first thing that they would mess (laughs) up and same with the other branches i'm sure but in the marine corps it was like if you couldn't lift it you just didn't have enough marines trying you didn't need a fork truck you just needed more marines that was the problem (laughs) and i equate that to life like life's going to give you more than you can lift you need other people with you to help lift it and it's almost a certainty that life's going to give you more than you can handle and you need to share the load with people in your life so that way when, when it happens, like me losing my job, I instantly started sharing the load because it was too heavy for one person to, to carry. And I needed the wisdom of other people and how they went through it. I talked to people that had lost their job, how they got another job, what was it like, what did they do in their family, how they talk to their wife about it. All that wisdom came from my tribe. If it wasn't for that, I would have still been probably a lost person trying to figure it out in COVID. I probably would have felt like I'm up against a wall and I'm never going to figure this out. But and that wasn't wild. me because I had my tribe.
1: Yeah. When you don't have the tribe, you're alone, especially in this COVID environment where you're supposed to stay home by yourself. It's like, well, how do you stay connected? Well, you know, we text a lot. We call, we do those kind of things. And and like you said, you were never intended to do all this by yourself. And mm-hmm. so God will give you more than you can handle specifically. So you will build in some community there and get help with it. And you can't always put that on your wife or, you know, maybe just carry it around yourself. And what I've found, especially I'm, I'm a little older than you, but what I've found in life is when I mention something, there's somebody else that's, oh, that's no problem. That's easy fix. I know. Exactly every problem has been you solved.
2: Did. You just need to find someone that's solved. Yeah. It.
1: It's like, you can't do it, but I know exactly how mm-hmm. to do it. You just do it this way. Oh, okay. That's, cool. the, that's
2: the lie that we tell ourselves that like, you need to be Instagram perfect every day on the inside <laughs> and on Instagram. And Life is messy and yeah. we don't acknowledge that mess and how that other people like, I always like Miss Frizzle's advice that life is about mi- getting messy and making mistakes, yeah. but that's not how most men think. We think of mistake as a failure and that failure is avoided, but if we're not failing, then we're not growing. And if you're not growing, then you're slowly dying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And somehow we think that admitting to failure is a weakness and we can't right. be weak for or some even reason. Just yeah. being
2: vulnerable. I mean, yeah, most veterans have it programmed in their mind that vulnerability is a way to death. Oh yeah. Like they will absolutely. almost spontaneously combust if they say how they're really feeling in the darkness that's in their head. Oh yeah. And there's so many lies that go within that because when veterans do open up, it's ama- like anybody that has been vulnerable knows this, you become magnetic. Mm-hmm. Where someone actually is drawn into you versus you exploding. Yeah, and you yeah. become more powerful and the, once you bring something that's in the darkness into the light, it loses its power over you. The more times you bring the darkness into the light, the exercise of whatever that's holding you back becomes illuminated. Like having a podcast, talking to people is you might find it odd that I have a podcast and I'm a person that talks about friendships. But for those 10 years that I was off of the military and even in the military, I wasn't necessarily good at creating good friendships or talking to random strangers. Every person I was going to go up to was that high school girl that was going to say no. That rejection (laughs) was what I avoided every single time. And it just eventually got to the point where like, if I want a result I've never had in my life, I need to do something I've never done. And for me, that was friendships and I needed to talk to people. And now I'm addicted to it. Like I talk to people all over the time. My wife gets annoyed with it because I'm always talking to a random person at the grocery store or restaurant or because yep. every, I, I, my mindset now is programmed with I'm always one conversation away from something amazing and I'm going to miss a hundred percent of those shots I don't take. And that could be the one conversation that changes my life. And I'll never know if I never say mm-hmm. hello. And the other thing that really opens me up and I was able to do during COVID is I created a audio course on friendship. So if you go to freedadcourse.com, there's a five audio audio lesson, 10 minutes each. So 50 minutes total, very simple stuff. The very first lesson is the power of hello because what you don't realize is every dark feeling that you feel, every pit that you feel like you're in on the other side of hello is something that can completely nuke that, remove it and move you in a direction you've never even imagined. You'll never know that unless you begin talking like it's crazy amount how much opportunity can be on this other side of a single hello. I have so many friends that if I never said hello, I, I they wouldn't even be in my life. And I can't imagine looking back not having them in my life now. But that hello was what transformed it all.
1: I actually sent that to a friend of ours that uh, he's really good at talking to random people. He's, he's like you, he will go sit down in a coffee shop and talk to some guy for like an hour and then, you know, just gain so much from it. But I sent it to him and I said, this is something you've kind of been doing, but you need to hone in on and and move forward with because those conversations are so great and you never know who you're talking to. That's like you have the solution to the problem I'm facing, or they know the solution. You need to call this guy or that girl or you know, whatever. And it's a piece of cake to solve it. You just didn't know it because you didn't say hello. So why would I give you that information if I didn't know you were struggling in some way? And, and like you said, for since the invention of man, we have, lived in tribes and depended on each other and asked for each other's help and helped each other. But slowly we're getting away from that. We got to get back to adding that friendship side of it because most people don't have a lot of friends.
2: No. And it's most something that like, it's some really dev- like it's like I was, when I was doing the research for the friendship, it's like 70% of people maybe have one close friend and it's not even someone that they probably keep up to date with. Right. And, it's ultimately because there's just so much things to keep. I mean, like even now in 2020, even without COVID life was extremely busy. Like the one gift that I feel like 2020 or COVID gave us is the ability to slow down. And I hope, and I pray that people see that they need deeper relationships. They need deeper connections. And there's something that you kind of hinted on that. I want to make sure I I hone in because it's the most important part of what, on the other side of a low. So there is a point where I started reading Dave Ramsey, total money makeover, like in 2014 before that, I assumed that debt student loans was just kind of like a child that never moved out of your basement. Mm -hmm. It was something you, it was just part of the American idea. It was part of something that you should just get used to dealing with that feeling that like, God, this guy just keeps munching in my basement. Doesn't get out. (laughs) I read 20 Money Makeover, it blew my mind that this wasn't the only way to live, that there was an entire world, an entire world. I mean, he had been doing it for 15 years already, an entire universe in Ramsey world where people are living debt-free. I would have never had that epiphany until I started connecting and then that opens up different people or even just the idea that you can be a freelancer and provide for your family. All of that is available on the other side of the and if you don't take that action, you'll never be exposed to that so I've had some of the most amazing conversations on airplanes. I always try to say hello to the person next to me. One guy, I was on my way to Europe for work where my, our headquarters was, and there was a guy next to me. I said hello, and we started talking. He started some co- software company in the 70s in San Francisco that managed MSDS chemical stuff for companies. And he's now traveling back to Greece where he lives, and he has a house in San Francisco. He has something called a mortgage or a interest only loan on his house because it goes up so much in value. He doesn't actually have to pay the principal, which I never knew of until I started talking to him. <laughs> he rents his house to his kids. So like, he doesn't even actually pay the interest. It's just taken care of. That world, and I've never talked to him again, never ran into him again, but that world I've never would have been exposed to. That story, that understanding, like there's just so many random things that can happen on the other side of hello that you can just expose yourself to what I kind of call a wider view of the American dream. We have tunnel vision with the American dream that you go to school for 12, for 12 years, you get a degree and that's supposed to get you where you want to go in life. But the view is so much wider. Like most Americans don't travel outside their state. Most Americans, like 10% of Americans use their passport and travel internationally. And (laughs) like you need that depth and you don't get that unless you say hello. Like that's so important to actually like fuel your life forward into really what's going to fuel who you are as a person you've got to expose it to other ways to live life. And if you aren't doing that, you are going to feel stuck because you're living a pattern that you weren't designed for and you're never going to figure out the right one unless you start talking. Right.
1: And like you said, when we started, everything is is happening exactly the way it's supposed to. You're supposed to say hello, not necessarily just for you, but maybe for that person. Yeah, you never you know, know you what someone, it saved it took a someone life. to put
2: their pants on that day. I always yeah, like to say, exactly. like, it could have been the hardest decision they made that day was to put their pants on.
1: Yeah. Well, as a pastor, you know, I've given, I don't know how many messages and and thought I've said some profound stuff that nobody got, but I've had at least two <laughs> or three people in my life come up to me and tell me something I said had a huge impact on them mm-hmm. that I didn't even remember. So my intention was to make an impact and I don't know if I did or not, but other times when I really wasn't even trying to do that, it did. So that hello could be the only person that said hello to them that day or that week you never know
2: i have that same thing happen multiple times where i check into someone and they're still trying to figure out something i said or it's also interesting because not a lot of people like things on facebook that they do see (laughs) and maybe they do like so like you'll be posting for a year and someone will come in and be like yeah i really love what you've been doing i've been really using to change my life and i'm like where the hell is that like (laughs) let me let me know you were in the universe or to make sure facebook kept bringing it back to you there are so many different stories like that where Dads that I talked to, there was a coworker I was just catching up with that he, used to, he, was, was, he was under me when I was a supervisor, and he was talking about how he was still trying to implement in his own company now up in Minnesota, the culture ideas that I talked with and the ideas of friendship and how you grow and manage someone. I haven't talked to him. It's been like three years since we worked together. We've talked to on and off, but he's still running on some of the things that I taught him, and I never knew that until he was talking to me about it and how I'm still having an, and he was just actually talking to someone locally in a business about who I was and what I do. And like, there was a thing about a veteran that I wrote as a blog post a while back that you're only ever forgotten as a veteran when people stop repeating your name. And like, that's your legacy. And it was actually born out of the movie Coco from Disney, where it's part of the day of the dead yes. ceremony that they talk about the memories of the people that passed. Yes. As yep. long as people continue to do that with the way you lived your life, you won't be forgotten. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what legacy is. That's what, that's why I put uh, at the bottom, of our logo, it says now our family is our legacy. Cause that's one of my huge takeaways that veterans never switch from the legacy of their service to the, or even questions like why he died. And I lived to the legacy of their family, because your legacy or family is going to, it, if you focus on it correctly, you can make change, not measured in decades, but centuries and generations. Mm-hmm. If you focus on your kids, they are the best chance you have to create something that ripples far beyond the life that you have on this earth
0: yeah right. one of the things that made me more aware of how I wanted to live my life more intentionally, especially as a father and as a husband was um one of my uncles passed away this is many, many years ago, many, many years ago, so I was still maybe sixteen, seventeen at the time that was many many, many, many years ago, many, just like I said, yeah many and uh yeah yeah <laughs> hold on, there's a knife in my chest, you just put there. Uh, But anyway, uh, one of my uncles had passed. He was uh, one of the uncles by marriage. So he was married to my aunt, who was. That's how uncles were. Yeah, not all. I mean, some of them are born by your grandmother, you know, but others marry. That's for our genealogy podcast. See, that's that's how are. Ancestry.com
2: would be more appropriate for that one.
0: (laughs) So uh, what I didn't know about my my uncle Gene, though, is that he had a previous marriage estranged relationship with all of his kids from that relationship. And so when, it came time, when, he, when he passed away and it came time to have a funeral, nobody went. I, I, I wasn't even invited. I was off at college. I just kind of was told, Hey, uncle Gene passed away. Um, they're cremating him or whatever it was, or he's been buried. Like nobody came to the funeral. Um, none of the kids came to the funeral when it was time to go through his um, personal effects to kind of divide up. Like he left no will. Uh, but the only people who really showed up were the people who wanted to either reclaim stuff that my, my aunt had owned or, um, just kind of claim all his stuff for their own. Uh, but we reached out to the kids, his kids and asked, Hey, you know, your dad passed away. Would you like to go through some of his belongings? He had three kids. The first two were like, no, I, I don't want anything to do with that guy. You know, he wasn't there for us. He left us for somebody else. And you know, the fact that he has a, another family outside of us just disgusts us. And, uh, you know, that was it was kinda harsh to hear. I'm like, wow, I thought he was a nice guy, you know. Um well, the third child showed up, not because she wanted anything from the house, but she wanted closure. And that's all she wanted out of this was, you know, you know, she never knew him, never had a relationship with him. But that was something that was always missing for her was dad was never there for her. And I thought, wow, that's powerful. Like this man's legacy, because he had no children with my aunt. So it was just his legacy was three kids who didn't even come to his funeral. And I thought, wow, that that's something that I don't want that.
2: So there's something unpacked there that I find with a lot of dads and just men in general and and people in general that if you look, there's lots of cases where if you looked and analyzed loved in your past relationship, Mm -hmm. especially like in that case where he estranged from his kids, it happens even more severe when the dad kills himself. And there's the, the root question is why didn't my dad love me enough to be, part of my life whether if he killed himself like why didn't he love me enough to stay like was I that bad that he felt like that was the only way out and how you how a child processes that as growing up is they'll always keep their heart closed because the last time it was revealed they were extremely hurt and they won't even realize that they go into a marriage or even as they go into co-working relationships or whatever they were they doing with their life that root thought why didn't my dad love me enough will govern so much of their subconscious behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's a story that like, even when dad takes his own life, I always tell dads or try to talk about it as much as possible. Like the pain doesn't stop with you. All you do is pass it on. So in his case, he may have thought that leaving at that moment, he was actually doing his family a favor because maybe he was a junkie, bad dad, alcoholic, any of the things that could have happened. Yeah. But in that moment, he created a scar on their heart that never healed. Yeah. All it did was create a reminder of hate. and that you weren't around when I was crying and got punched at school or that you weren't around there when a boyfriend roughed me up. And that feeling of love is so rooted in so many different things that hold us back as people and dads from us, even coming home to our kids as one thing that emotionally really holds us back is if we don't really trust ourselves with love, how can we give it freely to others? So Mm -hmm. many different things are rooted in that word love. And I, I appreciate you sharing that story because somewhere out there, there's a dad that either, is maybe getting close to that type of decision. Or if you're a kid, I think another message is, it is never too late to rebuild your relationship with your dad. And so much of society rewards kind of stagnated, kind of like I'm waiting for you. No, you're waiting for me. (laughs) And there's an interesting part that happens within my friendship story. I used to go to the park. There was a park in our neighborhood and there would always be other dads there. And now I like to use, if you're a dad at the park with your kids, you're at least trying. You may not have it all together, but you had a bad day. You may be giving your wife a break from the kids and taking them to the park and I'd always want to say hello. And I'd always talk to myself, like, you know what? They probably just had a bad day or a day like I did. They just want to be with their kids. They don't want to engage in a conversation. Well, once I hit that point where I was like, I need friends, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna say hello. And I started saying hello. And the crazy thing, he wanted to talk to me just as much as I want to talk to him. We were both just kind of playing this stagnated waiting game. So many times in life that happens. And so, like, just not holding on to that hate and just embracing it and Even if nothing comes of it, maybe your dad's not ready to come back into your life, but even just forgiving him, that can be so powerful. So that emotion of love can really mess up so many future relationships. You can go through three divorces and all those different horrible stories that you see people go through. All of that is rooted in how you received love, how you had to earn it growing up, and what was your relationship to it?
1: Wow. So uh, what would you say would be the next step for you? What, as people are going to go to your website, we're going to put all that in the show notes and all of that kind of stuff. What would you uh, tell people or want people to know that the next step that uh, Ben's going to take?
2: Well, there's two steps that I'm working on taking. The friendship course is essentially building up that kind of offer to help people get Dad have some momentum where they feel like they're making connection in their life because when you start talking to their dad you feel like a million bucks it almost happens instantly because someone starts talking about life the same way you do and you're like oh god thank god I'm not the only one that feeling lowers the tension you feel on your heart and so that free course at freedadcourse.com is that first step the next course is kind of creating a audio course with the same idea like monthly lessons and turning that into a membership site and then the ultimate method is for me to be a professional speaker I really want to be on stage and that is really where I want to be because what I want is my future life is I travel three or four times a month to talk on the stage, but I come back at home and I'm dad the rest of the month. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily want that stress of an office. Like I've really enjoyed the summer and just being able to go swimming and go on bike rides with my kids when I wanted, like so there's days we probably go on three bike rides a day. That's what they're going to remember probably about COVID in the summer is that dad was always there to go on bike rides with us. To The point that I'd probably driving them nuts now with the bike rides, (laughs) but at the same time, like that's really where I want to be. So as I create my life to be a professional speaker, to talk on fatherhood, talk on these emotions, ideas, the mindset and friendships, I want people out there to feel like they have a way forward in their life. And that is my next future.
1: Awesome. So if people want to get a hold of you, they want to uh, have you speak or just learn from you, militaryveterandad.com is the best place to do that. But let's say they don't uh, have like good internet and they just want to come by your house. What's your uh, home address that they could just stop by? Maybe go on a bike ride. Don't do it, Ben. Don't, don't. <laughs>
2: Message me on Instagram first. It doesn't take much (laughs) information to get a bite out on Instagram. So my Instagram is at Ben underscore colloid. Drop me a DM there. I'm always open to conversation. I'm always open to possibilities. So if you are close by and you don't sound like you're going to stop by and do something (laughs) negative to me, I'm more than willing to coordinate. I do it multiple times. I've had uh, play dates and done different things with dads I met at the library. So I'm definitely out there doing different things with dads that I don't automatically know on the internet. So it's something I'm used to. But drop there me an Instagram go. first so I can get to know you first.
1: <laughs> there exactly. you go. Got to see a picture. Find out if you're strange <laughs> or not, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, air up your tires and you might be able to uh, go on a bike ride with Ben and end up on the next podcast or the next blog post uh, about whatever he learns.
2: There's so much times where I have random things like that just change my life. Those little moments are like actually where I get some of the best ideas for my podcast. One episode on Fatherhood Friday that it just did, which is a solo series I do on Fridays since the beginning of the year was based on the camping trip. Like We mm-hmm. took, we were overlanding, so mm-hmm. we took all the back roads. And that really taught me that the rough roads, the back roads, the road less travel actually has more beauty. Oh, there was yeah. more abundant of life on the back roads. There was more wildlife. There was more opportunity to see things that I wouldn't have done. More opportunities to be tested. There was a couple times where there was a branch in front of the road. We had to get out and figure out a couple different things to get the branch out of the way. <laughs> all of those things strengthen you who you are and reveal more of who you are. And you don't get that by driving on the interstate. Yeah, You've got to be tested. You've got to go on those back roads, the rough roads. The rough roads <laughs> provide more value as you go through. So don't be afraid to, to not take a shortcut. Go the long way and figure out who you are. There and you that go. came from a camping trip.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks a lot, Ben. It was great to meet you and uh, talk today. And uh, we just, we'll put all that in the show notes and also remind people to go to militaryveterandad.com. But thanks a lot for joining us.
2: Thank you for the opportunity to share my story. And you are always one conversation away from something amazing. And you're going to miss 100% of those shots you don't take. So don't be afraid to reach out and say hello. If you like
0: everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com/two-two-nine. There you'll find a link to Ben's website as well as the free course he mentioned in this episode. You'll also find links to five past episodes where we talk about fatherhood, plus. One of those episodes talks about the importance of connecting with your spouse the moment you get home and having that time preserved and sacred between the two of you. And when you do that, you'll find that you'll just connect with your children as well. Now, we're glad that you joined us this week, and the best way you can show your thanks is to share us with a friend, a family member, a co worker, or that neighbor across the street. If not for the content, at least for the smooth sound of my voice. Okay, maybe for the content. Anyway, we're so glad you joined us this week, and we look forward to joining you again next week. And until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care.